keep them in your prayers. Uh, they'd really appreciate it. But today, um, I want to share with you uh, the last in our series of Keeping Company with God. And he's enjoyed the series. He's, it's been great, great sermons. And I just want to wrap it up today with the, the final uh, installment that I really feel like it's going to bring it all together and really help us uh, get an understanding of what this is all about. Now, many of you wouldn't know this, but um, when I was in high school, I did Latin for three years. Studied Latin. And it was very exciting. I loved it. It was, uh, I don't know, there's something about it that really uh, stimulated me. But uh, the one thing I really loved is that I loved finding out that even though Latin was pretty well a dead language, it's not really spoken anymore, I could find uh, symbols of it all throughout language and society. And it, that, I remember talking to my Latin teacher and going, oh, I was walking down the street and I saw this and it reminded me of Latin. And he'd go, oh, yeah, that means this and so forth. And I'll give you an example of it. Now, David, don't get too excited. <laughs> David Burford, don't get too excited there. But uh, this is the emblem of the St. Kilda Footy Club. Let's hope they do better than the Crows today. Amen. Uh, I didn't realise how chirpy power supporters are. But, but, at, but at the bottom of this emblem, it says, Fortius Quo Fidelius. Now, I'm not going to ask David to say this, but does anyone know what that means? Any idea? You can have a guess. Pretty close. Strength through loyalty. Strength through loyalty. So you notice, if, you, if you're pretty cluey, uh, you can see fortius is where we get the word fortitude, so strength, and fidelius is loyalty or where we get the word fidelity. So you can see it's amazing how the, the Latin language still has relevance to us today. And I want to share with you the origins of another word, the word company. Because the word company as well, which we also get the word companion from, is, uh, comes from the Latin. And it comes from the two words combined together. The first part, com, meaning with. And the second part, pane, or pane, meaning bread. And so when you're keeping company with someone or you're a companion of someone, you're sharing bread with them. Now, this is really important because breaking bread together was an ancient custom that had a very important, played a very important part in the ancient life. And it's important for us to understand that when you shared bread together with someone as they did in ancient times, you didn't just share bread with anybody. You only broke bread and shared bread with people who were important to you. So when we think about the fact that Jesus says, keep company with me, it's a really significant thing. Now in our key text from this series, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, I'm going to read it to you again. And I want you to think about it in relation to breaking bread together, or sharing bread with Jesus. And this is from the Message Bible, where Jesus says these words and gives this invitation. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? 
Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me. Break bread with me. Share my bread and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You see, at the heart of Jesus' invitation here when he says, come to me, is the idea of sharing bread with him, breaking bread together with him. What he is literally saying is he's inviting us to be a part of his world. He is literally giving us an opportunity to walk with him. He's asking us to do life with him. As I said earlier, we need to really understand this and understand the significance of it. Because in that culture and in that day, you didn't just invite anyone to keep company with you. You didn't just invite anyone to break bread with you. People were very strategic and very careful about who they invited because what they understood is that when you broke bread with someone, you were making a lifelong commitment to them, that you would be a part of their life. You were actually obligated to be a part of their life for good. That this wasn't just a once-off. Jesus wasn't just inviting us to come and sit down for a once-off meal. He's saying, come and share life with me. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, this is where it gets even better, because in John 6.35, Jesus takes this whole concept of breaking bread together with him to a whole new level. Because in John 6.35, Jesus made this declaration. This is just after he's fed the 5,000. And he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. So Jesus is not just saying to us, hey, break bread with me. He is saying, I am actually the bread, the bread that we're breaking together. I am actually that bread. I am that life. So what you are doing is you're not just sharing in a meal together, you are sharing in the very life of who I am. It's an amazing statement. But in this phrase, Jesus is speaking into the very life of the Jewish people. And uh, because he knew that for Jews, life did not exist without bread. A little bit like Italians. Life does not exist without bread. You see, in the Jewish culture, bread was a staple part of not just their diet, but the way they did life. They didn't do anything without breaking bread first. Even their rituals and their ceremonies and their celebrations all involved bread. And the bread was symbolic of many different things. But at the end of the day, bread was the ultimate symbol of life to them. They understood that the reason they had bread was because God gave the sun and the rain 
to allow the wheat to grow so they could make it into bread. It was actually a symbol of God's provision to them. So when they talked about bread, they were talking about God. This is really important because even when they were in the wilderness, remember what God did for them in providing for them in the wilderness? What did he do? He provided manna. So throughout the whole fabric of Jewish society was this idea that bread was a symbol and a reminder to them that God was their provider, that God was everything they needed. Now you think about that. In this context, when Jesus stands up and says, I am the bread of life, it's huge. It's massive because when he's declared that, some of them would have been going, blasphemy. Who, how can you say that? Only God is our bread. He is the one who provides for us. He is it. But Jesus says, no, I am the bread of life. So he was telling them in no uncertain terms that I, Jesus, is everything you need to live. I am your provider. I am your sustainer. I am the one who fulfills and completes your life. He is literally declaring, I am God in this statement. And in that statement, he's telling us, I am everything you need. So when he asks us, invites us to keep company with him, he is saying, come and let me be everything you need. Now, sociologists and experts, so-called experts, tell us that as humans, we have two basic needs. That if you break it all down and make it really simple, there's two basic things that we need as humans. And I believe in this statement when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is actually um, telling us that in him, he is the one who will fulfill these needs in our life more than anything else we'll ever be able to. So I want to share with you these two basic needs and show you how Jesus is the one who fulfills us in these needs. The first need we all have is the need to be loved. Amen? Anyone agree with that? We all need to be loved. And as I said earlier, when you broke bread with someone and when you kept, like, shared bread with someone, you only shared bread with those who you deemed important enough to share bread with, those you knew you wanted to spend your whole life with, those who you knew you wanted to be a part of your life. So when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, and says, come and keep company with me, what he's actually doing is he's showing and telling us, you are valuable. You are important to me. He's literally saying, I love you and I want to do life with you. I want to keep company with you. I want to break bread with you. You see, when Jesus makes this declaration, he is telling us that you are so valuable to me. You are so important to me. I'm willing to give my all for you. He is not holding back any part of himself. He is giving us his everything because he loves us and he values us. But Jesus also knows the truth that we will only discover our true value and identity in a relationship with him. And so he loves us and he, he, he gives his all for us because he knows that we will only find true life in him. Nothing else. 
that he is the one, as he said in John 6.35, that will satisfy our hunger. He is the one that will satisfy that thirsting in our lives. Because the truth is, all of us are looking for love. All of us, are, everyone in throughout the whole world are looking for love, either in people, in other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the reality is, at the end of the day, it doesn't fully satisfy. All of us are looking for love in stuff as well, in, in lots of different ways. Some of us try to find love by getting a good job and having status and thinking, people will love me because I'm an important person. Or some of us are trying to find love through uh, sport and stuff like that, where we try to do really well at stuff and we're striving and, and, and wanting to do well in life because if I'm successful, people will love me. But this is the amazing thing, that when Jesus invites us to break bread with him, he doesn't take any of that into account. He loves us just the way we are. There's no strings attached for Jesus. When he said that, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out on religion? He says, that's all right, come to me. Keep company with me. See, he doesn't determine his, your value by the stuff you do or any of that. He determines your value by who he is. And he says, I love you. And I invite you to break bread with me. The second need that we have, very simple, very basic, but the very need and the thing that drives us in life is the need to have purpose. It's very simple, but all of us need to be loved, but also all of us need to have a reason to live, a purpose for living. It's something that God's put in us. When Adam was in the garden, he, God looked at Adam and said, I need to give him a job to do. And so he gave him the job to name all the animals, didn't he? And to tend to the garden. So we, within us is a drive to have purpose. And this is the exciting thing. When Jesus declares himself as the bread of life, he not only shows us that we are loved by giving us his life, but he also shows us that we have purpose. And I want, I want to explain it to you from a scripture in Romans 8. Romans 8, 28 to 29. You've probably never heard this described in this way but it says and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose for them for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters now I want to share with you from this passage the word purpose there are called according to his purpose. So we're all called according to God's purpose. That word purpose in the Greek is the word prothesis. Now the definition for that is amazing. It's actually a setting forth of a thing or placing of it in view, consecration, the showbread. And when it just says the showbread as a definition, what is it saying? Well, you, we go back to Jewish culture and we'll begin to understand that. In Hebrews 9, it talks about the showbread. The showbread was a, a sacred emblem, a consecrated emblem that was kept in the temple. And it was kept in the holy place. Now, the holy place was the place just before the holy of holies. 
So I'll give you a bit of Jewish uh, religious symbolism. Is that the holy place was a place that you went into and only priests and went into minister and do things there. And then the next step, there was a curtain and then there was a holy of holies. And the Jews believed that's where God's presence dwelt. And the, the high priest, the senior priest, only went into the holy holies once a year to, to atone for the nation's sins. Now, the holy place was just before that. And in the holy place, there was a number of things, but one of the things there was the showbread. So why was the showbread there? It was a consecrated item. It represents purpose. The showbread was there to remind the priests and to remind the children of Israel of their purpose. What's the purpose? To share bread with God. That their purpose would be to break bread with God. That God had made a covenant with them that he would be their God and they would be his people. And that they would be in relationship together. So when we see in our passage here that it says God's called us according to his purpose, what's the purpose he's called us to? To break bread with him. To have relationship with him. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to share life with God, to have a relationship with God. That he, just as the showbed was consecrated for a purpose, so are we. And that purpose is that we would discover God's amazing love and his, a relationship with him that we could live with him. And this is the great thing about it, is that Paul goes on to show what the consequence of that purpose is, is that we would become like his son. You see, when we're in relationship with Jesus, when we spend time with Jesus and when we get to know Jesus and God and we, we, we're, we're changed and we're transformed into the image of his son. That's God's purpose for us, that we would live in relationship with him, that we would keep company with him. And as we do keep company with him, we would be changed. We would be transformed and we would become like Jesus. You see, church, our purpose here in this place is not to run programs. Our purpose is to have a relationship with God. It's to discover Jesus as the bread of life the one who satisfies and fulfills and completes us. I'm Italian, as you know, and I love bread. And I, I, we went out to an Italian restaurant the other day, and they didn't give us bread. They did give us pizza, which is just like bread. But, but the fact is, meals don't, aren't right without bread to me. Guess what? Our lives aren't right without the bread of life. Without Jesus, our lives aren't right. He completes us. He satisfies and fulfills that need within us to be loved and to have purpose. This is the amazing thing about our God. And church, as we do that, as we fulfill our relationship with God and share bread with Jesus and, and learn and become more like him, then our programs serve the purpose of showing the world what Jesus looks like. That's as simple as it is. We don't run programs just for the sake of running programs. We run them to say this is what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. This is who Jesus is. And as we show our world what Jesus is like, 
hopefully they will discover the life, the amazing bread of life that he is. They will discover something that satisfies more than 101 different relationships or a career or anything like that, but they'll find in Jesus everything they need. Just in closing, Jesus taught us another example of the importance of bread when he taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. And he said this, right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. He says, Alpha, the disciples said, how do, you, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And he says, well, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then smack dab right in the middle, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Not give us on Monday, our Monday bread once a week. Or give us on Sunday, our Sunday bread once a week and then we don't have any more bread. No, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants to have a daily relationship with us. Jesus wants us to partake of him daily, to be close to him daily. He's saying, I want to share my life with you. I don't want you to do life on your own. I'm here for you. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, you think about it. One of the dilemmas in society today that a lot of people say is one of the reasons there's such a breakdown in numbers of things in society is Families don't just sit down around the meal table anymore, do they? You're just so busy. Life gets so busy that one person eats now and then another one comes home later and you just don't get that time to just sit and enjoy each other's company. And some people say that's the reason why we have so many problems in society is the family unit has broken down because people don't just sit down and have meals together anymore. Because there's something that happens when you have a meal together. You talk and you relate and you build relationship. It's an amazing thing. As a family, we're busy. But this week we had an opportunity to sit down and have a meal together. It doesn't happen a lot as much as we'd probably like it to. But we did and it was really cool. We just The five of us sat down and we were talking and kids were telling us all the bad things they got up to when they were young. Emma's smoking and stuff like that. It was really bad. And, uh, but it was a really good time. It was a really, really cool time where we just talked and related and had fun. But we built relationship. And you know, the, as I was preparing this message, I was reminded in the, of that. And I thought, you know, Jesus wants to eat meals with us. He wants time alone together. You know, we have busy lives, and I, I have a busy life, and I involve God in, in everything I do. I'm always saying, God, help me in this next meeting, or help me, help me get through pop-up kitchen, or get through this and that. And God is always there with me. He never leaves me. That's true. But I went away on a retreat uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they gave us three hours every afternoon to spend time with God. And it... It just reminded me of the amazing uh, time that you get to when you just spend time alone with someone. When you turn off all the distractions and you just get alone with God. Now, I'm not going to be able to do that every day, three hours with God. 
But I can take time out to say, God, I just want to spend half an hour, you and me. Or quarter of an hour, just you and me. Or an hour, just you and me. Every day. That we would do that. You know, we have the Bible reading plan and we have all of that stuff, which is good. But can I encourage you that there's something special about getting alone with God. That if we're going to keep company with Him, He wants to break bread with us. And that bread is who He is. That when we get alone with Him and spend time with Him, talk to Him and allow Him to talk to us, that's when things can change. That's when we get to know who He really is and how He really feels about us. Because at the end of the day, the truth is that living in a relationship with Jesus and becoming like him is what we were designed to do. God designed us, he created us in his image to have relationship with him. It is what we are designed to be. We are designed to be children of God. Yes, sin came in and it wrecked all of that, but Jesus paid the price so that we can now become children of God and fulfill who God called us to be from the beginning. He called us to be his children and he called us to live in relationship with him. Tony Campolo, and I'll close with this story, gives a powerful illustration of how a relationship with Jesus works and when we spend time with him, how it changes our lives. He tells how author Rita Snowden once visited Dover, England. And while she was having tea in the late afternoon, she became very aware of an unbelievably pleasant smell filling the air. A little bit like that soup filling this place, making us all hungry. And she asked the waiter uh, where the source of this scent was coming from. And she was told by him that it came from the people who were passing by. And he went on to explain that these people worked in the perfume factory down the street and they were on their way home from work. When they left the factory, they carried with them the fragrance that had permeated their clothes during the day's work. Rita Snowden immediately saw this as an illustration of what Christians and the church can be at their best. We should be people who allow ourselves in daily time with Jesus to be permeated with His love and His character and the sweetness of His presence. Then as we go forth into the world, the fragrance of the Lord goes with us and all the people we pass and encounter will experience the fragrance of Jesus through us. That's what God's called us to invited us to keep company with Him, to break bread with Him, to be in relationship with Him so that we can be permeated by Him, so that we can be conformed into His image and be a sweet-smelling fragrance to the world around us, a beautiful scent that others can be blessed by. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your heart 
that invites us to have relationship with you, to keep company with you, that you are the bread of life. And as the bread of life, you show us that we are loved and we have purpose. God, that purpose is to know you and to become like you. God, help us to know you. Help us to lay aside time daily to spend time with you. We pray even today, give us this day our daily bread, God, that we would know you this day in a deeper and more personal way, that even this day we would make a fresh commitment to spending time with you, no matter how busy life gets. Time with you is what matters most. We thank you for this meeting. We thank you for your presence here, oh God. We thank you for the ability to enjoy company with each other as well and encourage one another and build one another up. I pray a blessing as we go from this place and and we go to enjoy the meal together, Lord, that even in that meal we would sense your presence with us, encouraging us and reminding us that our relationship with you is what counts the most. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name.